Oh, with YouTube Rewind. That's not a bad idea. Cause, yeah, because that came out, and uh, obviously, why why aren't we in it, Michael? <laughs> when you think about it, it could be YouTube Reflect. Ah. You know, yeah. And we could we could reflect on. I mean, if we if we wanted to be complete cancer, we could do a a good old fashioned reflect on YouTube 2018. <laughs> Talking about all the, all the drama. Oh, what about yeah. that, that drama, Luke? I mean, um, uh, drama. Uh, Jake Paul, Logan Paul. The thing is, all these guys, and obviously PewDiePie, like that is drama, but they're not in the fucking video. Like, I recognise two people in that YouTube Rewind thing. And granted, I'm not that big into YouTube as some other people, but, you know, it was like, who the fuck are all these people? Like, I recognised Ninja, who's a Twitch streamer mainly, and I recognised Will Smith, who obviously is is not a YouTuber. I I don't know, do you recognise anyone else? Um, I recognised somebody called Lily Sings, mostly because... uh, she gets complained about a lot. She's obviously with the surname Singh. She's an Indian American entertainer. Ah, um, I see. And uh, yeah, apart from that, and the thing is, like, I remember when having a million subscribers was like a thing. Like, if someone had a million subscribers, you you knew, like, there were only a handful of people with a million subscribers. Yeah, you, you'd go onto the top one hundred most subscribed YouTube channels, and before you reach number one hundred, you were below a million subscribers. Um, and nowadays, it's just a joke. Like, there are these people who I've never even heard of. And, like, what's weird is, like, the people who just look profoundly uninteresting. You just get these people who are like, Hello there, guys. My name is Steve Bennett, and I like to review scooters on my channel. Um, and I rate them on a scale of how grey they are. And I've got, like, a 3 million subscribers. You're like, what is this? Back up, chump. You know Biggie Smalls rips it quick. They kick it quick. Hello and welcome to Select and Reflect, the movie review podcast where we look at films that have come out relatively recently at the cinema and see if they still hold up upon a second watch. I am your host, Michael, and I'm joined as always by my co-host, Luke, and this week we are continuing our lovely look into DC Ember in anticipation for uh, Aquaman, the film that will of course be being released towards the end of DC Ember, and this week we are looking at um, Batman v Superman. Dawn of Justice. And uh, Mm -hmm. Luke, would you like to tell us a thing or two about that? Certainly, Michael. So, Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice. is a 2016 American superhero film featuring the DC Comics characters Batman and Superman. Uh, It is directed by Zack Snyder, and the film is the second instalment in the critically acclaimed DC Extended Universe, or DCEU. And it follows 2013's Man of Steel, which, of course, we reviewed last week. Um, like mm. I said, it's directed by Zack Snyder. It was written by Chris Terrio and David Goyer. Stars Ben Affleck, Henry Cavill, Amy Adams, Jesse Eisenberg, Diane Lane, Lawrence Fishburne, Jeremy Irons, Holly Hunter, and Gal Gadot. It was released on March the 25th, 2016. And Michael, 
you want to have a go at the budget for this? Oh, goodness me. Um, incredible so movie. It would be really good if I remembered what the budget was for Man of Steel, actually, because I, I think I remember being shocked at how high the budget was for, for Man of Steel, because I was saying, wow, they have a lot of faith in this project. Um, so I think they still had quite a bit of faith. I think this may have been uh, hugely, um, have a, had a huge budget, because I almost feel like I remember reading that, like, they, they didn't even quite make their money back because of, you know, production and then advertising and all of that stuff. I think it's going to be around the 200 million mark. Um, I, I think it could be over. Like I, I remember almost hearing so, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna go for two hundred million though. Two hundred fifty. Oh wow. Yeah. I mean, I was thinking, I, was, I really, I thought you, I honestly thought there might be a case where you said, "Oh no, you're way off. You know, you're you're way too high." But nope. Wow. Yeah. There you go. Two hundred fifty million, and now the box office. Uh, I thought it was around seven hundred million. Um. Maybe seven hundred and fifty million. Uh, I remember it made significantly less than um, Civil War. Uh, I'm gonna go for seven hundred and fifty million. Eight hundred and seventy-three. Okay. So, so yeah, I slightly higher. Yeah. I think what probably happened is because I know it did quite uh, disappointingly in the opening weekend. So I think I probably read something about it underperforming at you know a particular point, but it probably made about a hundred million. Uh, probably after for the that. second weekend. I'd guess because normally yeah. the first weekend is basically the same for a lot of movies, like big movies, because everyone rushes to see them and it's sold out. And then the second weekend, when people who aren't so keen look it up on the internet and go, "Oh, oh it's got twenty-seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes," which this movie does, it's like, oh, "Yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go see that." Uh, and in fact, yeah, I, I remember decidedly like I could have gone and seen this when it was out, like I was at the cinema, but I heard shit reviews about it and it was like two and a half hours and I was like no nah, you know what I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bother so yeah there you go yeah uh, yeah uh, so Michael did you like Batman v Superman Dawn uh, of Justice well to be honest Luke no <laughs> <laughs> be absolutely honest did, did you like <laughs> Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice I've got to be honest, Michael, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be or, or wasn't as bad as I remembered perhaps because beforehand I'd just watched the two and a half hour version but no, you know what it is? I, it's that, that slider cut really made a difference. <laughs> well, we'll talk about that in a bit. But yeah, I can say, honestly, I did not like this movie. I wasn't a fan, unfortunately. Like I said, did better than I thought, but yeah, still no. Yeah, well, I think uh, I think I would agree with you on the, it being better than I thought. But what happened is um, I was expecting Man of Steel to be really bad. And then it was mm-hmm. kind of just okay or like, you know, not yeah. good. Uh, so then I was like, oh, okay, so maybe these films aren't as bad. So I was kind of going into this one with like, a, oh, you know, they're not awful. But basically, I, I'd, I'd la- allowed Man of Steel to roll me into like, oh, you know, maybe I'm being a bit too harsh. And then, yeah. No. But yeah, if you're expecting so, it's not awful, but yeah. Not yeah. Good. Anyway. Um, so now comes the point where I have to describe the plot. Mm. And Jesus Christ, I don't even know if I can do it. Like, th- th- it's a different problem to like The Last Jedi. Or um, what, what was the other one which didn't really have a plot? I know what I I know what you're thinking of, but um, Fantastic Beasts didn't really have a plot. Is that what was that of? was that it? Fantastic Beasts. I, I remember. Well, I remember we were talking about how Fantastic Beasts was very all over the place. Uh, I can't vouch 100 percent that being the specific thing you're thinking of because yeah. I think we've had quite a few films in our time doing this where uh, there's not not been much of a coherent plot. Well, yeah, the thing is, like, this isn't. It's not. Okay, so it's not the same problem because there is a plot, but there's just so much of it. 
like, I don't even know where to begin. Like, the thing is, if I tried to explain what happens in Batman v Superman, like, just simply, like I try to do normally, I'd be here for about five minutes. Like, there's just, especially with the extended cut, there's just so much that is happening. And therefore, basically, I'll just explain it as simply as I can. Batman and Superman get mad at each other because of Lex Luthor and other things. They fight, they resolve their differences, uh, and then they team up to try and kill Doomsday uh, at the end. But there is a lot more that goes into this movie involving several other characters. Uh, and obviously, yeah, we'll, we'll get into that uh, later. But yeah, yes. Michael, nit- nitpicks. Uh, you know, okay, this is very strange. I don't have any nitpicks. That's um, crazy. I, I don't know how. I think it was just because I was so busy writing down, because like I, I kind of said before we actually started, I wrote down a lot of stuff, and I think you've written down a lot of stuff too. I think mm-hmm. I was so busy writing down like actual substantial problems that I just kind of ignored all my nitpick problems, but um, I'm sure there are a lot. I don't know. For some reason, I just... Uh, wasn't thinking it. In fact, I actually considered I have a, a confession, although it's not much of a confession considering I didn't do it. I was thinking there must be some nitpicks, and I kind of realised after the fact, I was like, I probably should have brought it down to nitpicks. I was actually considering uh, watching um, a CinemaSins episode just so I could steal one of the nitpicks, just, <laughs> oh, God. just so I wouldn't look so awful. But yeah, anyway, okay. What, how many nitpicks do you have, Luke? Uh, I have seven. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. Um, so, okay, I'll, I'll just listen then. Oh uh, yeah, just let me check. I've got some. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah, so, so, first off, is literally when I went was going back over these nitpicks, I was like, oh yeah, that happened because that ha- literally happened three hours ago. But so, uh, <laughs> right at the beginning of the movie, uh, the Wayne employees, when Superman and Zod are destroying uh, Metropolis, the Wayne employees in that Metropolis building, do they really need to be told to get to, uh, to uh-huh. be evacuated? Like, why didn't they just leave? Not until Bruce Wayne calls the guy who's in charge of the building, do they evacuate? Not a moment it's, sooner. It's the old, you know, you have to be really stupid uh, in order for the, the hero to be justified. The hero, he needs to he needs to prove that he has a role in life by um, by being, uh, by having everyone around him be complete morons, basically. Yeah, essentially. Uh, if, they were, if they were smart, then he wouldn't be much of a, he wouldn't have many opportunities to be a Superman, would he? Mm, no. Uh, well, or, or a Batman, really. Batman, yeah. sorry, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, next one. Lois Lane is incorrect. She's a lady and a journalist. Journalism is not a gender. I, <laughs> I, I, I'm assuming you're referencing a line where somebody says, I'm not a lady, uh, where Lois Lane says, I'm a lady, not a journalist. I, to be honest, Luke, I don't remember that line, but I'm not surprised. You don't remember it, even though you just recalled it perfectly. Well, I, it's because you, well, I'm just guessing based <laughs> on... Um, but yeah, I mean, that sounds, maybe, uh, she actually is very progressive and she believes that there are multiple genders and one of those genders beyond the gender spectrum is, uh, is being a journalist. Even the most SJW far leftist transgender yeah. person doesn't believe journalism is a gender, Michael. We haven't gone that far yet. Yeah. Yeah. One yeah. of these days. Oh, dear me. Um, Damn SJWs. <laughs> uh, next up, Lawrence Fishburne. Uh, this guy, like, I had a problem with him last time, and he's he's such a moron. Does he does he really think that Clark Kent is a, is a nerd? This guy's like six foot four and built like a Greek god, but he keeps on like making references to him getting his lunch money stolen, and like, oh, Gotham doesn't like nerds. Like, have you seen this dude? Like, <laughs> he's like, if he's a nerd, then Jesus Christ, what's, uh, what's the hope for the rest of us, eh, Michael? Uh, what about the uh, these? Uh, 
McBain film in The Simpsons, Undercover Nerd, where uh, McBain <laughs> plays a plays a nerd, and uh, the bullies are like, "Oh, what's this? A huge muscle-bound nerd? Just more of you to pick on." Uh, what What does he say, McBain? He has something. He, he says, uh, "He says the geek shall inherit the earth." <laughs> oh, great stuff. So yeah, Lawrence Fishburne, what, what are you doing, man? I don't, honestly, like, he, he should have been fired by whoever owns the paper for not running that Superman story. Remember? Yeah. Like, Lois Lane wants to run it, and he said no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, uh... He's no J. Jonah James. He's not anywhere he near have, J. Jonah He should have said... He should have said a line like, Get me, boss! Pictures of Superman! <laughs> would have been great. Uh, Especially, the crazy thing is, they have J.J. J. J. Simmons. Is it J.J. Simmons? Or no, J.K. J.K. Simmons. Yeah, yeah J.K. Simmons in the, um... In the DCU now, because he plays Commissioner Gordon. Oh. Um, but they should have had him to play um, the Daily Planet editor. Yeah. Uh, so next up, how did Senator Finch know that Luther, or Lex Luther, was planning to bomb the Capitol building? See, here's the thing: like he, she looks at a picture, not a picture, oh, a, uh, a cup of tea. Yeah, a cup of people labeled Granny's peach tea. Then she like gets really thrown off by that. It's like, see, if that was me, I'd just like, oh, he's trying to mess with me, trying to, you know, toy with me or whatever. Yeah, and then, it was a bit unrealistic. Yeah, and then she looks at the seat, and it said reserved for Lex Luthor. And from those two things, she can somehow conclude that the Capitol building is about to get bombed or a bomb's about to go up? Like, I don't get it. How do you put two and two together and get that? Well, uh, there's actually uh, a very good Game of Thrones spoiler I could I could throw out now, Luke. Um, yeah, I don't care. Where somebody else blows. Okay, <laughs> there's a, a scene in, in Game of Thrones where basically somebody, I'm not going to spoil it just because the details don't matter, somebody is due to attend a trial and they don't show up. And everyone's like, hey, you know, why haven't they shown up? And, and one of the, the, the people who's at the trial is like, they must have not shown up because they're planning on blowing the place up and then it explodes. Um, it's, it's slightly better done than I just made it sound, but. Uh, yeah. Basically, maybe she'd seen Game of Thrones, is what I'm saying. <laughs> maybe. Yeah, I wonder if Game of Thrones exists in this universe. Yeah, I wonder if Spider-Man exists in that universe. Well, maybe. Um, that would be good, because then he could go, get me more pictures of Spider-Man. Jesus Christ, you just love that character, don't you? Yeah, I think he should be in everything. <laughs> yeah, maybe he should. Um, next up, Lex Luthor. Right, so he's... Is he just standing on that helicopter pad of balcony for, like, hours and days until he sees the bat signal? Because, like, uh, like, there's this picture of him standing on that helicopter pad. Or that old shot, I should say. There's a shot of him, and it's uh, still daytime. And then it cuts to him at night. So has he just been standing there for, like, the whole day, just waiting to see the bat signal? Just chilling uh, on his helicopter pad? Yeah. Yeah. Um, because uh, that's the thing. I mean, maybe the film's kind of a commentary on how rich people, they have nothing better to do with their lives, so they just sit around. Watching out for uh, for that signal. Yeah, what if Batman didn't do it that day? What if he did it the next day? Like, what what would he do then? Would he like have some spotter sit on the helicopter pad and look to see? Yeah, yeah. If the bat signal went up, and, yeah, told him to wake up. Yeah, that would be. Uh, I mean, I think like there's some people who would like that job. It depends. Are you the kind of person who wants uh, no effort at all in your job, or mm-hmm. are you the kind of person? Who, who wants excitement in your job. Yeah. That's the question you have to ask, Luke, before you decide to become a professional uh, bat signal spotter. Yeah, good point. Also, it's very convenient for him that Metropolis and Gotham happen to be just across the bay from each other. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Gotham's got a population of about 30 million. Metropolis is probably around the same. 
I can't remember when I looked that up, but I think Gotham is about 30 million. Uh, but yeah, they're oh. just, just across the bay from each other, which is, which is lovely. Um, that's good, yeah. Yeah. Lovely for Lex Luthor. Next up, Superman. He, uh, goes to confront Batman, says there's no time, he needs to explain the situation to Batman. Batman punches him, and he's like, right, instead of explaining the situation, I'm just gonna start punching him back. Stop yeah, throwing get- him around. You get one one chance to explain it to, to somebody, and if they don't listen, you have to fight them back. Yeah. It's, it's the law. Them's the rules. You just, yeah. Yeah, it's very unfortunate, but hey, Superman he's, couldn't do anything. He can't, yeah, he couldn't do anything at that point. Yeah. You know? I mean, he just had to engage in the fight. You're only allowed to try and reason with people once. <laughs> yeah, that is the rule. Um, next up, Lois Lane absolutely knows she needs to find the Kryptonite Spear to kill Doomsday, even though she has absolutely no idea what's happening over there. In, in yeah, I was confused by that actually. Like, uh, so, yeah, it seemed like uh, she she just had some good old fashioned telepathy going on there. Firstly, she knows what that spear actually is, and yeah, and that that's not very believable. It's because she it's because her gender is a journalist. Ah, I see. I mean, journalists know these. How things. they can know things? See, oh, it all makes sense now. Yeah, so she knows that what the Kryptonite spear is, and she knows that what that Doomsday thing is as well. And she knows how that Kryptonite Spear can kill that Doomsday creature. So, yeah, good for her. She's a really talented maybe, journalist. Maybe it's because Marge Simpson shouted, Remember, you're vulnerable to Kryptonite. Jeez, <laughs> Marge, tell the neighbourhood. Uh, I, I was going to reference Simpsons later in oh, the podcast. St- stole your Simpsons yeah, reference. Yeah, I know, but we've already mentioned it twice. So now nah, I still will. There you go. Uh, okay, yeah. okay, so those are all my nitpicks, Michael. Oh, wow. That, that was surprisingly uh, quick. Yeah. I guess it's because I didn't have any. All right. So, now, Luke. Now, uh, I just need to say, actually, Michael, before we get into it, uh, we watched, as we discussed before, the mm. three-hour Snyder Cut, or the extended version, because I couldn't find the normal version, and I assume it was the same for you. Uh, I, I didn't want to have their, their damn normal version, Luke. <laughs> I wanted that all of my Snyder goodness. The thing is, no, I, I wanted to find the normal version because that's the one which got criticised a lot and that's the one I saw first, but I just couldn't find it. So I was like, okay, I guess we're going to have to watch the three-hour Snyder cut. And I guess it's kind of good for the review because people could counter our criticisms of the regular version by saying, well, this thing which is stupid makes sense in the extended version. Um, mm. Which, by the way, is not a good counter when trying to defend <laughs> the regular version, as the regular version yeah. is the version that was released to the public. And if something doesn't make sense in the normal, shorter version of the movie, well, then that's poor planning. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, there's an argument, a very, uh, you might say, cynical argument, is that a lot of people think that some studios are intentionally releasing uh, butchered theatric cuts because they know that then people will go, oh, well, if you get it on DVD, you get the extended version. That was a criticism because it started with, obviously, The Lord of the Rings was the first big thing to do the extended cut because The Lord of the Rings is a huge book and therefore they couldn't have all of it in the theatric version. So they released an extended cut with extra details. And then when they released The Hobbit, even though The Hobbit was a one very small book being stretched into three films, they still released extended cuts for the DVD version, and that was basically the beginning of the um, extended cuts are just a thing that you release to make more money. So great! It just it reminds me of the uh, downloadable content stuff on games. Uh, yeah, the, oh, the uh, what are they call they call uh, it's like um it's not pay to play, but it's something similar to that. Yeah, it's well, I think it just might be um, 
It's it's DC downloadable content. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, it's, I think it's I feel like it's DLC. Uh, DLC, it that's it. Yes, DLC. Oh yeah, of course, because um, they're pretending that download is two yes, words. Exactly. That's why. Yes, exactly. Got it. So DLC, yeah, like oh uh, yeah, it, like I said before the Jurassic Park game doesn't have any um, water dinosaurs in them. So oh, they're releasing a DLC with those water dinosaurs in, and then you're gonna have to pay ten pounds for. There you go. Yeah, it's a travesty. It's a, it is a travesty, Michael. Uh, yeah, so the reason why I mentioned that is about the extended cut is just there was a lot of talk about how this movie didn't seem coherent when it was released, and the release of those uh, of the extended cut doesn't really mitigate uh, those concerns about the original movie. But yeah, anyway, we are reviewing the supposed best version of this movie, so you know if we do criticize it for its incoherence, there's no excuse, yes. even though the original excuse about it being the shorter version wasn't valid either. Yeah. So, yeah, whatever. Uh, yeah. Um, so we're going to, because it's so incoherent, we're going to look at it point by plot point. Yes. Uh, just before we do that, I do want to make a, a general comment. Because something I noticed, and I guess this is kind of introducing the whole idea, is all of the scenes felt so disjointed. Um, <laughs> especially, as we might touch on, uh, the terrorist scene. So we'll talk about that a bit later probably. But like every single scene, I was just thinking to myself, for the first hour, hour and a half, what on earth does this scene have to do with anything? Or, like, why is this scene here, basically? Yeah. Uh, because it, it does literally feel like it's just several things happening. Yeah. That's, uh, you're, you're completely correct, Michael. There's so many characters and there's just so much going on. It's so hard to keep track of everything. And I think it's even the case with the shorter version. I mean, you've got Batman trying to get the kryptonite from Luther to stop Superman. You've got Luther trying to get the kryptonite to mm. build an alien monster to stop Superman. You've got Superman trying to expose Batman for being above the law. You've got Senator Finch trying to hold Superman accountable, even though she doesn't support building weapons to stop him, which angers Lex Luthor. You've got Lois Lane yeah. who's trying to find out what happened in Africa with the uh, yes. fucking bullets. You've got Wonder Woman stealing artifacts and stuff. And even the Flash turns up saying Lois Lane is the key to all this. We need her to get her working. Yeah. yeah. Here's, my, here's my question for you, Luke. Uh, this is going to be a, a real question to get across just how seriously disjointed this film is. If they took the, the Wonder Woman film and edited it down a bit and just spliced the plot of the Wonder Woman film into this film, would it have even felt that different from the rest of the film? Because I honestly think like they could have just, you know, spliced. You could take any random DC film. Well, I guess there haven't been that many, but, you know. Or maybe an episode of The Flash. If they would have taken an episode of The Flash, the TV series on Netflix, just spliced it in there, would it even have felt that out of place compared to the rest of the film? Probably not. Yeah. It was just... So, yeah. I mean, the thing is, like, I do think the extended version probably... Well, it's, it's got to help, because it just adds more context. Like, it just, oh, this is why this is happening. And I certainly think that was a problem with the original version. But even so, like, there's just... It's just keeping track of everything, man. It's, it's so difficult. And you know I like to keep track of character motivations and, like, oh, coincidences and everything. But, like, oh, it's, it's so complicated. It's, yes. it's, it's incredibly different to um, uh, just, well, any other Superman, sorry, superhero movie that I can remember seeing, to be honest. Like, it's uh, different to Man of Steel, even. Yeah. Man of Steel just made sense. Um, Man of Steel is so much more simpler. I mean, the crazy thing is, like, the massive... Uh, Avengers films, mm-hmm. they're, they're they they are fine. You know, there's no real problem there. Yeah. But. Well, Infinity was kind of like this, but I think they do it well. Uh, they, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there is some issues with Infinity War. Like I remember watching it, and it's you're like one hour and thirty minutes in, and it's like okay, we're just re- we're going just from different planet to different planet, and it kind of it's kind of a bit like this one. Yeah. This is this is much worse. 
so yeah, uh, anyway, if, it, if, if I may, Michael, I'd just like to say what my initial thoughts were before this movie released, based on the trailers. Because hmm. I don't know if you remember the trailers for this movie. Uh, one, one, uh, I remember one. Which one was it? Uh, I don't remember, but I remember it being kind of the moment that confirmed to me that Jesse Eisenberg just wasn't going to work. That was the main thing I remember taking away from it. It was probably the uh, probably the second one. Yeah. Uh, okay. So initially, the thing is, I had high hopes that I think the first trailer was really good. Like they, I liked how they were, turned something that was heavily criticized. Oh wait, yeah, I, I watched both trailers. Yeah. yeah, I think I watched the teaser trailer, which is the one where it has the scene of like uh, Batman tied up and Superman comes in and walks down that you know kind of uh, tunnel with the soldiers. Uh, I think it was the teaser trailer. Yeah, uh, and it had it had the the line you know, "Do you bleed? You, you will." Yeah. 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 So it was like, oh, this is good. They, and they uh, they turned something that was heavily criticised into something that's the story in the uh, uh, in the first scene where Bruce Wayne is like, oh, I hate Superman because he destroyed Metropolis, uh, yeah. which I like. You know, it's, like I said, turning everything into positive. It's smart thinking. So I thought, hey, there would be some intelligence behind this movie because that was an intelligent movie. But then the second trailer dropped, and it went from like, oh, it's, this is going to be good. You know, they made an initial uh, initial mistake with Man of Steel, but they understood. What they did wrong, and now it's going to be it's going to be fine. To uh, oh god, it's going to be the same. It's going to be worse. They gave over the whole plot with Doomsday. Do you remember that? Like, yeah. Like I I just I can't remember that. Like it's literally the final battle, and they just gave it away. Like okay, this is all what it's going to lead up to. Now I think it was going to be carefully like crafted and work, but it was just yeah a load of generic awfulness basically mm. the Doomsday thing. And so I didn't have high hopes when it was released, and I wasn't at all surprised that the movie got a lot of negative criticism, and uh, which obviously angered DC fans quite a lot, but I can't say I was surprised. Yeah, uh, I mean, basically, that's, that's most of what needs to be said. I mean, yeah, I, I remember feeling very uh, negative about this film, feeling like I, I wasn't optimistic about this film. Uh, and part of it was because I, I didn't anticipate Jesse Eisenberg being very good. I also was one of the people who didn't anticipate Ben Affleck being good as Batman, although that is uh, something that's kind of not validated by this film. He is quite good. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, and I remember just thinking like, yeah, this isn't going to be good. Um, having said that, I did. I was thinking that Suicide Squad would be better. I was thinking, like my thoughts, I remember in the kind of the 2016 or late 2015, I was thinking, you know, Batman v Superman is going to be really bad. But Suicide Squad will be good. Um, so yeah. Well, the thing oh, is, with one out of two ain't bad. The thing is with the Suicide Squad, and we can get into that whenever we discuss Suicide Squad. But it's the trailer is completely different to the actual movie. Yeah. Like the trailer's like, oh, it's going to be a load of fun or whatever, and then the movie. Yeah, exactly. It's just like it's, it's some of the tone is incredibly similar to to this movie, which is you know yeah not the not the happiest most enjoyable tone. Uh, so yeah, Michael, I think we should start getting into the old plot. Yeah, we should wade in. Uh, which um, which plot line are we going to do first, Luke? <laughs> Superman, I think, because I, I I think it's the most basic plot line. Like he wants to stop Batman. Uh, he keeps getting pissed off by people suggesting he needs to be reined in. Then he's upset. He can't save people in the Capitol building and goes into exile for about five minutes. Then comes back to save Martha and, and fight Batman. That's the thing about that exile thing. It's like he, it's, it feels like it should be a big thing. Like Superman's given up, but it's literally like five minutes later. Oh, he's back. It's because they've got to jam so much stuff in. 
like him him being exiled doesn't it literally lasts like there's one scene of him going up a mountain and then his dad tells him about how he killed some horses and then he's like yeah thanks dad now I'm gonna go back and uh, and save the world yep yeah uh, I mean it's you always have to come back to Superman 2 where Peter Parker decides that being Superman it's ruining his life, you know. Sorry, being Spider-Man I thought is you ruining were making his life. A joke you know? then, but... <laughs> so, yeah, he's uh, it's ruining his life. He, he can't get a date with Mary Jane. Everything's going badly, so he quits being Superman, and he quits being Superman for like half the film. That's a big thing, isn't uh, it, Michael? Yeah, exactly. Uh, but in every other film since that's done like the the guy quits being superhero plotline, uh, they just they can't help themselves. They're like, okay, have a scene of him. Thing and then, then he's going to be back and more superhero y than ever before. Um, it's, yeah. it's not great, Luke. No, it's not great. Um, yeah. I, I just find as well, like, this is the uh, Simpsons reference. You know, the, lo- okay. the lofty dialogue when talking about Superman. Like, you know, you have Neil deGrasse Tyson uh, and other people that talk about, oh, is he a god who, you know, I, I don't know. You, you get what I'm saying? Like, Somebody yeah. says every act is a political act. And you're just like, what the fuck? What does that even mean? I mean, it's just it's just kind of ridiculous. And it does remind me of the scene in The Simpsons uh, with Krusty the Clown when we're shown a video of him hosting like a serious political talk show. I think it's with Henry Kissinger. And it's in black and white. You know which scene I'm talking about? Uh, oh, I know what it is. It's, it's the scene where... Um... It's, it's not no, it's not with um, Henry Kissinger, but it's the line is like, uh, welcome to classic Krusty. I'm here with... Uh head of the, the you know the labor board yeah i think his name's like george meany or something yeah something like that uh, and he's like can, let's be clear does america have a labor crisis <laughs> well it will depend on what you mean by the word crisis crusty yeah <laughs> it's, it yes. was like that but with, with fucking superman this guy who's like punching like aliens <laughs> and it's just uh that's how i felt about it i don't know if you if you get what i'm uh, saying yeah i mean obviously there's there's a sense in which I think you probably could bring like gravity to the character of Superman and have it be uh, intelligent and entertaining and good, um, but this this ain't it. Are you saying it uh, would have been right if it had been executed properly? Yeah, I mean, well, the thing is, the problem is you've got the fact that Superman is inherently uh, a bit silly. Like the, pro- the thing is, you need like tone to superhero matching that's that's the problem that a lot of these superhero films aren't really getting so you can have for example iron man you could have a conversation about you know um superheroes because in iron man uh he he deals with international terrorist organizations and things like that it's very grounded yes so obviously in in iron man you have the scene where he has that that hearing about the fact that he has a, a specialized weapon, mm-hmm. and he's saying like, "Well, I, you know, it feels I'm normal." Have a yeah, in, in the Iron yeah. Man, um, um, Iron Man movies, yeah, that kind of thing, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think maybe you could have an element of like um, politics, but I think it would have to be very limited. I think okay, so basically, it's the difference between um, your, your sad devotion to that ancient religion has caused us loads of problems, Lord Vader, uh, which works, and then. Uh, do you think the Chancellor of Aloran will allow us to uh, to launch a inquiry into this invasion at Naboo over trade negotiations? So somewhere you, you can't have it be too political because then it becomes not fun. You can have like a, a little line about a little vague political line. Yeah. Like the Senate has been disbanded. We now control the entire Galactic Empire. Yeah. And that's fine. But just don't 
Go crazy. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. If they have like um I didn't really mind the, the Neil deGrasse Tyson cameo. I mean obviously you've got the element of like it would be something that people would talk about. You just, yeah, oh, yeah, just well, don't, it, it, I think I think the thing is don't make it like the point of the film, I guess. Yeah. Don't rely on it. Well that's what it kinda did, like yes. the whole thing is should Superman exist or what would what would it look like if Superman existed? And I was like, Yeah, yeah well we know if he existed in real life it wouldn't be that fun. I like the bit where the veteran climbed onto his statue and spray-painted false god. <laughs> what a Beautiful. philosophical thing to do. So oh, perfect. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it just it doesn't, doesn't work. I mean, I th- the, the, the stupid thing is that this is the problem. It's a Superman film that's kind of trying to deconstruct the idea of Superman, but the problem is that there are loads of superheroes already that are deconstructions of Superman, like um, Doctor Manhattan from Watchmen, or uh, even I don't know, probably probably somebody else. The point is like probably the idea of like else. Else. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I feel like there's an element to which I guess you could say, for example, the Incredible Hulk is a bit of a, a deconstruction of Superman because it's like all of this power, and um, but it comes from a place of rage. So you can you can do things like what if someone was really powerful, but it was bad. The problem becomes. Uh, if you take the original impetus for that whole deconstruction and you deconstruct the impetus for the deconstruction, then there's nothing. It ruins everything. Mm, it does. Just makes it not that fun. Like, yes. I, I mean, here's the thing. Like, and this is an overwhelming sense from this movie, or the the lack of fun, really. Um, I could basically watch a debate between a, a couple of professors about uh, whether Superman. If, if Superman existed, what would we do as a society? I didn't really need to go and see a movie for that. Like movies are kind of meant to meant to entertain, especially a superhero movie. You know, and yeah. you know me and you, Michael, we we we're engaged in politics, but even like we think, well, I certainly think, and I think you kind of think the same thing. Like this movie just goes too far with the yeah. talk, about- especially Lex Luthor. By the way, I think I think that's the other problem. I think that's He's you know what, I, I'm I'm changing my opinion now. Well, not quite changing it. I think that um, the pol- political angle can probably works reasonably well when it's, you know, morning TV show hosts and Senate inquiries and stuff. I think there's still a debate about whether or not it's a good idea. But, you know, I'm like, it's okay. Uh, the problem becomes when you've got Lex Luthor and his whole thing is like, do you know the oldest lie in America, Senator? It's that the devils come from the ground. Really, they come from above us. Um, it's just like, geez, yeah. geez, dude. All this... All this philosophical dialogue, I just kept imagining like him and Holly Hunter discussing, you know, uh, the, the Superman and uh, Holly Hunter going on about democracy, and then there's just like he, uh, the politics in America at the moment with Trump, like it's just mm. <laughs> just completely unrealistic. Um, yeah, so that th- there's that as well. Um, also, yeah, I don't know. Do you have anything else to say about Superman? Uh, okay, let me actually check. Oh, okay, I do have. One thing to say. Uh, uh, okay, yeah. I, I kind of have two things to say, but maybe not. Uh, I'll say my first thing. I actually burst out laughing. When, <laughs> it still makes a lot of things about You know when everyone gets blown up in the Senate? Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Basically, what made me laugh so much is that everything was on fire. It's all burning horribly, and it cuts to Superman, <laughs> sat there, completely impervious, 
and he just looks bored, possibly slightly annoyed. Like, it, it, when you look at him in that moment, it's like he's just thinking, like, oh, shit. <laughs> fucking, fucking hell, just my luck. Oh, what just, I, like, I Literally, I, I mean, you know, you say these films are supposed to be fun. I genuinely laughed out loud because I just saw, like, Superman. Just like, everyone's dead. And he's just looking like, oh, what does this keep happening? It's going to be one of those, it's going to be one of those days. Um... And, you know, the other one I think I'll leave until we talk about Amy Adams, because it's about the intersection between Amy Adams and Superman, and I think the Amy Adams discussion is going to be pretty thin, so I'll save that to yeah. then. Uh, okay, good point. So next up, we have the second titular character, which is Batman. So He's actually the he's actually the first titular character in that he's, it's Batman v Superman. Yeah, but you know what I mean. I know, I know what you yeah. mean. Okay, yeah. Um, so, yeah, Batman's plotline. But, but I, like I said before, actually, I think the movie does start off really good. Like, I love... I think it starts off good, yeah, yeah I love, with the whole... Yeah, the perspective. Like, yeah, like you said. Yeah, the Bruce Wayne's perspective of what happened at the end of Man of Steel. I, I think the only thing about it, and this is kind of... It's something that doesn't affect the quality of the film, but it is worth noting. They didn't... They weren't planning this. No. When they when they were doing... Yeah, I, I mean, I'm saying, like, it doesn't affect the quality of the film, mm-hmm. but it should be pointed out. It's not like they, when they did Batman v Superman, I mean, sorry, when they did Man of Steel... They weren't like, okay, guys, this Man of Steel, this fight scene at the end, it's going to be the motivation for Batman, blah, 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 blah. They, they, they did all of this as a, as a retroactive response to the criticisms of Man of Steel. Um, yeah, but... It, yeah, it works fine, uh, and it's good, and it's entertaining. And obviously, uh, I don't think you can criticize uh, a film for being good by accident. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think it is worth noting that they are almost pretty much good by accident. Yeah, but it's a, like, it's, a, it's, clever. it's a spin zone, Michael. Spin zone. A spin zone. Spin zone. It's actually a uh, what happened at the end of Man of Steel. It's actually good because it gives Batman motivation. So spin zone. You know, like uh, yes. something that uh, you know a PR person would would come up with for for DC. You know, that kind of thing. Yes. Uh, Tends to, like I said before, a negative into a positive. Oh, there you go. Mm. It's beautiful. It, it is beautiful. Um, but uh, apart from that, uh, I don't. I don't actually have that much to say about Batman. I guess. The problem is, actually, because we're going to talk about the characters later, uh, it's quite hard not to talk about the character of Batman, because I guess you could say this film is more so than it is of Superman. It's a uh, it's a character study of Batman in a lot of ways. There's a lot of things that deal with Batman's essential nature. Um, one thing that I do want to pick up on from a plot perspective is Batman has a weird conflict with Lex Luthor uh, in this film that makes... One of the things a lot of people have said, I mean, we'll talk about Lex Luthor later, but one of the things people have said is that it's like, Lex Luthor is just trying to be the Joker. Uh, and, you know, because he's just being being weird. And we'll talk, we'll talk about that later. But um, but I was thinking to myself, like, there were several scenes where I was like, Batman interrogates Lex Luthor. Mm-hmm. Batman has a, a, you know, a harsh conversation with Lex Luthor. Um, and it makes sense because, of course, again, I'm kind of going to go into a bit of detail. We'll talk about more characters. But the whole thing is Batman, he's all about order. He's all about not killing people. But uh, he's all about order. He's all about kind of standing for truth and justice and being a good person and the joker is all about being evil and just just maniacally evil so there's no reasoning with it there's no way to get through to it the only way to get around it is just to to confront it with absolute force and that's the reason why the batman versus the joker angle is clever uh the problem with this is it's the exact same thing but it's batman and lex luthor and i'm like hold on a minute like lex luthor in this film is not a foil to Superman. He kind of just seems irrelevant to Superman almost. He's all about Batman. That's his focus. Um, and I'm just like, huh. 
then yeah, and obviously at the end of Batman's whole thing, he confronts Lex Luthor and he's like, I'm going to get you, Lex Luthor. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Uh, so yeah, uh, what did you have to say about Batman? Uh, well, Batman. I mean, yeah. No, 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 no. I, again, I don't, I don't know really what more to say like about him other, other than the fact that, again, this is kind of a, it's going to be a nitpick. Like, Lex Luthor uh, has, tra- has been sending uh, Bruce Wayne stuff uh, through the mm-hmm. mail. And he doesn't realise until until the Capitol building gets blown up. And uh, yeah, that, that, yeah, that's something. But anyway, and Lex Luthor, what Lex Luthor implies is that he's been sending them for like the last two years, and he he keeps on getting these messages. But anyway, uh, I did love the interaction between Bruce Wayne and Clark Kent at Lex Luthor's party. Um, I think the dialogue was good, the tension was good as well. But the issue is Lex Luthor then comes in and ruins it all by saying, "Ah, Bruce Wayne, meet Clark Kent." And, uh, he says, I love bringing people together. Yeah. Um, I liked his line where he shook Superman's hand and said, good grip, I would not get in a fight with this guy, because that's clever, because he he is going to get in a fight with that guy. Yeah, and, and he kind of wants wow. to as well. And he's going to end up regretting it. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, oh, boy. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he's... I feel like I keep wanting to talk about Lex Luthor for some reason. I think that kind of proves my point. You know, for some reason, we keep wanting to talk about Batman. We keep talking about Lex Luthor. Um, yeah. But Batman, yeah, I mean, like, the thing is, yeah, like I say, a lot of it has to do with his character. Like, a lot of the stuff up until this point has to do with his character. And we'll talk about his character later. So, uh, I mean, what what does he, he has, oh, well, he has a, a dream sequence. So, uh, obviously, that's completely, uh, I was talking earlier about how all of the scenes feel kind of disjointed and they're relevant to each other. And uh, if there's a, a cherry on the cherry bakewell in that regard, then it is most certainly Batman just having a freaking dream sequence yeah. that achieves pretty much nothing. It's just so bizarre. Um, and other thing about Batman, actually, that we should mention, um, the old uh, have a massive action scene of him trying to... I, I know Red Letter Media in Half in the Bag mentioned this, but have a massive action scene of him trying to steal uh, the kryptonite and failing, and then stealing the kryptonite off scene, off screen. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't make any sense. Like, yeah, that is a, that yeah. is a good point. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, um, I, I don't know what to say to that. Basically, like, it, again, it's just like poor planning or whatever. Um, also, like in in this movie, I, I think um, Batman, um, he's, he's got a lot of tech, hasn't he? Which I noticed. You notice that as well? Yeah. yeah, it's like he's kind of like Iron Man, like with all the stuff he's got. Well, yeah, I mean, the thing is, the the mechanized suit is actually from. The Dark Knight Returns, mm-hmm. which is the comic book where Batman fights Superman. Um, so, and to be honest, you know, I mean, if I'm going up against Superman, I would, I would like a mechanized suit. Um, but yeah, he feels. I, I mean, he's always kind of had tech, but yeah, it's going to be a bit awkward when he meets Cyborg, <laughs> and Cyborg's like, "Oh yeah, I'm a, I've got a robot suit," and Batman's like, "Oh cool, um, well, one of us is going to have to change. <laughs> you know, they're going to be going out for a, an evening do." Oh no, we're wearing the same suit. How embarrassing! Oh god, yeah. He also does some detective work, Batman, in this movie, which is yeah. appreciated. Yes, um, but I guess the problem is, like, who cares? I mean, who cares about <laughs> anything Batman's doing? Because it's it all feels only tangentially related to anything. Uh, it's kind of just like I don't know. Yeah, to be honest, like I'm really like I keep just everything that I'm thinking about Batman, mm-hmm. it just keeps coming up in my head, like, just isolated 
flashbacks. It's like I'm having PTSD about the Batman story because all I'm thinking is like, oh, what did he do? Um, he he went to uh, he went to that place. Oh, and then he did that thing, and then he did this thing. But like when I'm trying to put it all together, I'm just thinking, what did it? What did it all mean? Nothing. Nothing. Uh, yeah. Also, the world's greatest detective couldn't work out he's getting played by Lex Luthor. But yeah, whatever. And obviously, we'll discuss the Martha thing later on. Uh, and I think that about covers it on the old Batman plotline. Now, we go into, uh, I think the thing we all want to go into, Michael, Lex Luthor. And Jesse Heisenberg's uh, interpretation of Lex Luthor maybe would be more accurate. So, um, Michael, I think Lex Luthor's motivation, by the way, is like absolutely correct. He wants to create a silver bullet, that's what he says to uh, uh, Senator Finch, uh, which, which seems smart, like... If you've got yeah. somebody who would destroy humanity, maybe that is the correct way to go. Uh, I'm just interested, like, why in particular is he motivated to stop Superman? Well, here's the thing, Luke. So, he, I know a thing or two about Lex Luthor. Okay. Uh, in his motivation, generally speaking, in Superman canon is this. Number one, uh, Lex Luthor actually came from the same town as Superman. He came from Smallville ah. uh, in the official Superman canon. And basically, he considers himself to be a self-made man. He came from a small town, and the implication is that Lex Corp started off as, you know, a small local business. So Le- uh, Lex Luthor kind of represents the ideal of, like, the American capitalist, the American entrepreneur. He he made it from from the bottom, washing people's dishes. Uh, he worked hard. And in the, uh, in the canon also, he's, like, quite a... Um, he's quite an ubermensch. Uh, so he, he, he goes to the gym, he stays healthy, he's a bit of an American psycho character. Yeah. You know, he takes care of himself, he's very vain, and he's very much invested in this idea, like I say, that he is a self-made man who worked really hard. And therefore, one of the reasons he hates Superman is because he thinks that, you know, he worked hard to have all of his power, he earned all of his power, Superman represents uh, the thing he hates most, which is this entitlement mentality of just having power because it was bestowed upon you. Now, Obviously, immediately, this film ruins that because Lex Luthor is the son. He, he is shown to have in, inherited his wealth. Yeah. So that, that dynamic of why he hates Superman that is present in the comics is completely uh, absent. Um, yeah, that's a good point, actually. And like as far as yeah, why he hates Superman, um, as more so than anyone else, I mean, it doesn't... like The problem is, in a way, his motivation is almost too good and not in a good way because it's like... His character or his motivation could easily be the motivation of some random, like, government bureaucracy person. Like, if I was in government, I would be like, hey, you know, maybe we should have a contingency plan in case Superman ever turns evil. Yeah, so so why why is Lex Luthor like this? Why why this guy, not some other random billionaire? Yeah. uh, (laughs) Well, here's the thing. I I think an explanation could be he's being controlled by someone else, as he kind of alludes to at the end. Like, that's how he finds out about Batman and Superman's secret identities and all of that. And if that is the case, like, I'd be okay with it. We need, But we need to see it. It's like how uh, General Grievous or Darth Maul or Count Dooku in Star Wars, you know, speak to the... The Phantom Menace. <laughs> yeah, speak to the uh, hologram of the Sith. You know you know what I mean? Like, yeah, those scenes yeah. to show, oh, there's someone behind them. And that if, if, uh, if Lex Luthor were to do that, it'd be like, oh, that makes sense. Maybe this alien promised Lex Luthor power or something well, r- to rule over the earth and he was like yes okay and the 
the alien's like, okay, only if you kill Superman, I'll do it. And uh, Lex Luthor's like, okay, how, how do I do that? You know, and the, this alien. Although that's the thing, like, at the end of the movie, you see him, I think he's with a character called Steppenwolf. Yeah, yeah, Steppenwolf, that's, that's what, which is a strange yeah, name. And that's kind of what I'm thinking. That's like Steppenwolf would be the one talking to him throughout the movie, but obviously that doesn't happen. And um, yeah, so like that's the thing. He he knows Superman. He knows Clark Kent. He knows he's Clark Kent. He knows about his connection to Lois Lane. Like, it'd be interesting to know also how he knows all this as well. Uh, yeah, and then it would be nice to see that the reason why he's doing all this is because that he's doing the bidding of someone else because his motivation is right. Like, I think it's easy to understand, but why him in particular? Uh, and I think that could have yeah. been better explained throughout the movie. Yes, unfortunately, yeah, I have no idea. Um, mm. So yeah, okay. Uh, I just, <laughs> I just want to go through something actually about Lex Luthor's plan, Michael. All right, yes, I'm ready. Um, so, so what I've done, I, I've loaded up the honest trailer for Batman v Superman: Dawn of Justice, and I'm going to go through it. Okay, I'm going because they, basically what they do is they list Lex Luthor's plan, and I think there's right. about 21 points. So I'm just going to go through them all. I'm ready for this. Find out Superman and Batman's secret identities. That's number one. Easy enough, right? Yeah. Yeah. Easy enough. I mean, maybe the help of, like, Steppenwolf guy, maybe he, he could have done, done it more easily, but I don't know. Uh, next up, lure, lure Lois Lane. Get, or get Lois Lane to Africa to interview a rebel general. Next up. Of course, yeah. Yeah, uh, easy enough. Out CIA operative Jimmy Olsen to get the general to capture Lois Lane and ensure Superman's arrival. Easy enough. Yeah, uh, yeah. Murder the rebels and burn the bodies so Superman can be blamed. A, if, there's, if any evidence gets left behind, I'm screwed. <laughs> um, bribe, coerce African villager to give false testimony to Congress so they will call Superman to testify. Uh, gather information on metahumans. Make sure to give each one a superhero name and a comic booky logo's design. Uh, ask, oh, of course, yeah. yeah. You've got to do that. Ask Congress for an import license to acquire a huge kryptonite rock so I can make a weapon in exchange for access to General Zod's body. Don't forget, creepily feed a congressman a Jolly Rancher. Don't forget, Makes don't sense. Forget that. Yeah. Uh, B. Batman will steal this kryptonite later to kill Superman. Is this part of, is this part of my plan? Question mark. That's a good point. <laughs> uh, remove General Zod's fingerprints with a kryptonite scalpel. Uh, hire inmates to kill criminals in jail with the Batman brand. A, this will totally piss off Clark Kent if he investigates this instead of covering the football game. Good, good point. <laughs> That's the thing, like, he needs to know that Clark Kent is pissed off with Batman. Like, yeah. what if Clark Kent's just not bothered? Like, he's busy co- covering, like, the Gotham City football game, like he, he's supposed to. Yeah. It just seems like a lot of effort for nothing, but whatever. Uh, mail photos and newspaper clippings to Clark Kent with crazy writing. Uh, intercept disability checks of former Wayne Corp employee. Mail the checks back to Bruce Wayne with crazy writing. This will totally piss Bruce Wayne off too. Invite Bruce Wayne and Clark Kent to the same charity event. Introduce them to each other. Make it as awkward as possible. Give disgruntled Wayne Corp employee a lead-lined wheelchair. Pee in a jar. Blow up the Capitol building with Superman present. A. If Superman hears the bomb or somehow stops the explosion, I'm screwed. Assume that this will push Batman over the edge. Use stolen Zod fingerprints to access the crashed Kryptonian spaceship. Combine DNA with Zod's dead body to create a deformity. Possible name? Doomsday. <laughs> Kidnap, Su- 
kidnap Superman's mom. Reveal to Lois Lane that I'm an evil genius. Hopefully she dies or something. Blackmail Superman into fighting Batman. Hey, this negates Ellie work to turn Clark Kent against Batman. Don't worry about it. Hopefully, <laughs> Batman kills Superman. If Batman doesn't kill Superman, hopefully Doomsday uh, will kill Superman. Sit back and run the company until Daddy comes back. There we go. That is, I mean... Pfft. Yeah, basically, um, it's it has its limitations, Luke, if we're honest. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it does. But well, there's, the important thing is that they tried. There's some other points. If Superman survives, I'm screwed. If Lois Lane survives, I'm screwed. If Doomsday survives, I'm screwed, and so is this planet. If anyone, if anyone think in this impossibly intricate plan over, which I have almost no control over, anyone's actions goes wrong, I'm screwed. So yeah, like it's very, it's a very risky game. This Jesse Eisenberg playing, very risky indeed. Uh, I agree. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just it's, it's such a stupid, stupid thing, uh, and I just don't. I mean. The thing is, like, it didn't. It didn't need to be this complicated, man. It really didn't. It really, really didn't. But yeah, yeah, they went for it, uh, and I, I don't think it worked. Next, I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so just, I think uh, one, one final thing about Lexi. After that massive uh, thing about how awful he is, I'm gonna say one positive. I kind of like the idea of him having hair throughout the entire film, and then he gets it shaved off. Um, when he gets arrested, mm-hmm. mostly because, like, obviously everyone associates Lex Luthor with being bald. Mm-hmm. And it's a bit like, hey, why the hell has Lex Luthor got really long hair? That's a bit confusing. Um, by, by the way, in the, uh, again, established Superman canon, well, actually, this is in, in the Superman animated TV series, uh, Lex Luthor hates Superman because Superman made him bold by, uh, by starting a fire in Lex Luthor's laboratory. Which caused all his hair to fall out. That's hilarious. Um, so, so yeah. I mean, this is slightly better than that. So there we go. Um, but yeah, all in all, stupid plan, and I guess because of that, stupid plot. Um, yeah, I mean that's the thing. So, Lex Luthor's kind of behind it all, isn't he? He's the one that keeps this thing ticking. This plot. Yeah. He's like maneuvering everything into place. But the problem is when the plan is so convoluted, therefore it makes the plot convoluted as well. Mm. And, you know, that's the thing, like, the audience has to find stuff out, and that's what Lois Lane tries to do. Uh, she, and then she, the characters, have to find stuff out as well about Lex Luthor. And so it's like, uh, it all... It's no one of this movie's three hours long. Or the extended version, at least, and the regular one is two and a half hours long. Um, next up, Michael, we got the Senator Finch plotline. So, um, Senator Finch. Uh, she seems very... This is the thing, she seems very concerned about Superman and what he can do. When Lex Luthor offers, like, a deterrent, provides evidence that the deterrent would work against Superman, she says no. I'm not really clear what her thoughts are. Does she just want Superman to have a hearing so he can be Uh, held, quote-unquote, accountable? I think she wants there to be conflict in the film. I think that's her main motivation. She she wants uh, Lex Luthor to be angry, uh, so she disagrees. Um, Yeah. Um, Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what, what what is there to say? I mean, it's just so so very foolish. Here's the thing, like about her as well. Uh, obviously, Jesse Eisenberg's pissed off with her because he can't get the Krypton into the uh, Kryptonite into the country. Um, but he seems to have no issue doing that any uh, anyway. To be honest, just illegally, like he yeah. seems to be really annoyed at it. 
and obviously he blows her up. Well, one of the reasons why he blows her up is because he's he's pissed off at her. But like he had no issues getting it into the country. Like and you know, he really didn't need to cause that much of a fuss, to be honest. Yeah, he got he got real grumpy. Um, no, he didn't need to. He, didn't, he just uh, didn't need to, did he? Uh, yeah. So next up, uh, that's, that's you got anything else to say about Senator Finch? Yeah, nothing. nothing. Okay, <laughs> that's what I've got to say. <laughs> oh god. Um, so yeah, Lois Lane. Yeah, okay, uh, I've on. got some. Go on. But first of all, like I said, the terrorist plot was the moment where I just thought to myself, "What is happening?" You know, streamline it, streamline it, Zacky. Zacky. Um, because it's just like the terrorists now, you know, like, and you compare it to Iron Man, where the terrorists, you know, are directly related to everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the reason he's selling arms to fight terrorists, he gets kidnapped by terrorists, he goes to fight terrorists. He finds out that, you know, uh, his company is selling weapons to terrorists. In this film, it's just like, I mean, like you say, it's part of the ridiculous plan. Um, it's just so ridiculous. Um, also, perhaps the most serious criticism, uh, the, the line where she says, um, so they think that Mr. Wheelchair Man has committed a suicide bombing attack. And Amy Adams, she goes into his house and she sees that he's ordered groceries uh, very recently. Mm-hmm. And she's like, why would you do that if you're planning on, on killing yourself? Yeah. Um, sounds very clever, Luke. Here's the thing. It's actually stolen from an episode of Diagnosis Murder. Uh, I've only ever seen one episode of Diagnosis Murder <laughs> in my life. It was when I was at, I was at my grandparents. Of course. And uh, there's a scene where uh, it's quite funny. Like this, this woman, she's out swimming. She gets, uh, I can hear someone moving around, Luke. Uh, she's out swimming. She gets drowned to death. And uh, and then the, the guy, the murderer, he's going around covering his tracks. So he finds this guy. The guy's really upset. He's like, oh, no, she died. Murderer's like, oh, no, she's not dead at all. She's right outside, right outside of the window. So the guy goes to the window. He's like, oh, I don't see her. He's like, lean out further. He's like, okay, I'll lean out further. And then the murderer just like pushes him out the window. Uh, and then they get there. The, the diagnosis murder crew, the detectives, and they're looking around and suddenly a pizza shows up. And they're like, why would you order pizza if you're just about to kill yourself? And then there's a, a scene later on where the our head detective is eating some of the pizza and someone else goes to have a slice and he's like, you can't have that. It's evidence. Because <laughs> he wants all the pizza to himself. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sounds wonderful. God. So uh, it was much, more, much better than... Um, this so so screw uh, the well, stupid thing. Well, what um, if they copied it directly and like they had a pizza come like three days after he died? I, th- I think I think that would be great. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like hey, I got a pizza for this dude. It's been a week. <laughs> well, in that case, it's it's half price. Yeah. Oh god. Um, uh, yeah. Anything else to say about Amy in the Amster? The Amster. No, like her bath scene's nice. Uh, no. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's not. It hit, it's, hit, it's very big, but lots of splashing. There was. Yeah. She, you know, that's going to do no good for the bathroom floor. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah. yeah. No, but in a, seriously, like, I think the, uh, the lowest lane plot was probably the most convoluted. Well, not maybe convoluted. It was just the most complicated thing because it wasn't that important. She's like the fourth most important character in this movie. And it kept looking back to her and she was talking to like a general and she was like, talking about terrorists and US government arming rebels and I was just like wait what remind me what yeah that was very strange because why yeah just why like she's trying to figure out in a very long winded way that Lex Luthor is a bad guy that's essentially it 
And she yeah. has done some bad things. And I don't know, she could, like, it's fine doing that, but just, like, discover it quicker. Because I keep, like, having to keep track of all these things, and then you've got the stuff with the rebels and the and the fucking weird bullets, and it's like, oh, yeah, remember that first scene in the movie? Yeah, I remember that. Wait, what's happening here? What's happening now with the general? Like, is she, is she accusing... Is he a bad guy? No, he's a good guy, because he's giving her evidence, and it's Lex Luthor. Okay, so Lex Luthor was the one that killed the, the rebels? Why did Lex yeah. Luthor kill the rebels? Uh, oh, it's because he wanted to get Superman there. Um, okay, and so then it's like a... It's it's just... Uh, I think they, they could have made it simpler. They could have ma- made her find it like immediately, so there didn't need to be three scenes about it. But I guess because she's Amy Adams, she's got to be in the movie more. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, basically. Uh, one final thing. Uh, I just wrote down... Uh, I wrote, lol, he was going to propose to her. Because, I mean, I said in the Man of Steel thing that the romance, it, it's not really there. Um, and again, it's not really here. I guess, like, it's a good example. It's like it's like show, don't tell, but it's more like show, don't have them have sex in a bathtub. Uh, you know, because that's pretty much all of the reason for thinking that they're in love. It's like, oh, they banged in a bathtub, so they're in a relationship. There's no, like, moment of them being cute together. There's no moment of them like indicating that they really feel uh, deeply about each other. Um, they're too attractive people, and, and they're too yeah, yes, exactly. And their their two plots don't even re, uh, you know overlap that much. So you just see like like it, it just was so funny that she's like finds out that he was going to propose to her, and really what she should have been like. I guess it was supposed to be sad, but all I was thinking like, wow, dodged a bullet there. This guy was clearly pretty crazy if he was going to propose to you. Um, yeah, I guess so. Um, last one, Wonder Woman. Yes. So she's just going around looking at artifacts and stealing stuff. I don't know why, but she is. Uh, it's not really explained, but yeah, whatever. Beautiful. Yeah, she, she's just there. She's just there. So she she's in bits and uh, bits of the movie so that she can come in uh, for the last bite and uh, yeah, just just be there. Because otherwise, if she just showed up and obviously wasn't in the movie for like two minutes, she was prior, then it'd be like, wait, where did Wonder Woman come from? And it still kind of is like that. But they needed to just establish she was a character in this movie before then. That's, that's the only reason why she's she's there. Yes. And what did she need? Uh, because I may have missed this. What did she need the encryption device for? Because um, we, um, we know why Bruce Wayne needed it. Because he needed to know about uh, Lex Luthor and his plans. But, but why did Wonder Woman need it? I think it was because she needed to. <laughs> this is great okay. Content. This is this is the only thing I'm thinking. Maybe. It has something to do with something that will be later revealed in the Wonder Woman film. Okay. But that could be crazy. Okay, because what I'm thinking is, like, obviously they all, they were clearly already planning the Wonder Woman film because they have the scene where it's her in World War One and there's Chris, Chris Pine there. So they've clearly already got Chris Pine on board to uh, to be shot in this, uh, in this image mm-hmm. uh, yes. thing. So maybe it's like... Um, it's her overarching plot has something to do with that. A bit like Black Widow in uh, in some of the Avengers films. You know, she's doing her own thing. She's just popping in and out. That is my only guess because I'm thinking about it and I honestly have no idea 
why she uses those encryption codes at all. So that's just my only guess for what they could possibly be doing. I guess so. Um, that's that's it. There we go. Yeah. So that's that's Wonder Woman, and uh, oh, who, there, there was one other. Per- oh yeah, the Flash. The Flash shows up. Yeah, uh, that's just weird and strange because um, yeah. No, it is. It is so he, weird. He travels through a dream. The thing is, like the Marvel um, fucking movies don't even do that. Like they keep it. They understand that this is the, the Marvel movie that uh, of this particular character, and they, yeah. they don't do something like that. That's going to be like a callback. Uh, oh, oh, sorry. The future movies are gonna be like, oh yeah, remember this with uh, with fucking uh, the Flash in Batman v Superman. Yeah, oh, this is what he was trying to tell you. And they don't do that in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and, and with a good reason, because it just kind of like stops the movie. That you're like thinking, wait, what the fuck's happening here? Who, who's that? Yeah. Like, is this real? Is this a dream? The only thing I can think of that's ever done it is Doctor Who, and of course, I'm not an avid watch- uh, Doctor Who watcher, but I can think of uh, sometimes. They have like a from from the few episodes I've seen or the f- first few seasons I've seen. Mm-hmm. There's like things where one thing is set up at the beginning of the the season, and then it's revealed that the reason all of these strange things are happening is because of uh, something that happens at the end of the season because of time travel and stuff. Yeah. Um, but I think that is more of like a TV thing. Um, yeah, I think maybe it could work, but. I mean, yeah, definitely in this film, it's it's confusion on top of confusion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so that's a, that's a good way to. Film does, yeah, this film doesn't need any more confusing plot points. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, that's the thing. Like, they've got so much in there. Do you really need that? Uh, that as well. Uh. God. So yeah, I think we should move on to the. Uh, so basically, Michael, what happens is there's a the first two hours, all these plot lines happen. And they kind of interchange, and sometimes they cross over, like with Jesse Eisenberg and uh, Lex Luthor and Senator Finch. And uh, you know, sometimes they they intertwine, but really they're, they're pretty pretty separate. Uh, but then at the two hour mark, we get Amy Adams. Uh, I keep I keep saying the actor's name instead of the character's name. We get Lois Lane who meets Lex Luthor, and then Superman comes back and saves her, and then Superman meets Lex Luthor. And then Superman goes and meets Batman, and so like it all sort of converges around the two-hour mark. And so then Batman fights Superman, and Batman fights some henchmen, and then there's the Doomsday fight at the end. So in the last hour, literally, there's not being really much action before then, which is the crazy thing about the superhero movie. There's not really that much action before the last hour because you know it's all political and all that. That's the main point of the movie. Yeah, yeah. So that that, that is really the case, actually. Um, so then, okay, we, we should talk about the fights then in the last hour, I guess. Uh, so the first one, uh, the fight between Superman and Batman. I think it's, it's quite entertaining because here's the thing, like, with, with these kind of fights. Normally somebody's got the upper hand on somebody and it should be like, oh, this, this person's going to win this fight easily. Or, you know, like, why is this fight taking so long? You know, this person could destroy this person. And that's how it starts off with, between Superman and Batman. But then you've got the kryptonite thing. And so it's like, yeah. oh, now Superman's weak, and now Batman's beating him, and then Superman comes back, and it really ebbs and flows, and it's really up and down, which I appreciate, because often in up and down fights, like, there's no real reason for it. Like, there's no reason why, oh, this person's winning now, but a minute later, a different person's winning the fight. There's no actual logic to it. It just makes it entertaining. But in this fight, there was a logic and, and reason for it, because Superman's been hit with kryptonite, so he can't, he's not as strong anymore. 
So yeah, that's something that I, I did like, Michael. I'm not going to lie. What, what about you? Uh, yeah, I thought it was um, pretty pretty good. Uh, uh, yeah. I guess I'm just trying to think if I'm if I do have any. I guess uh, maybe it felt a bit like uh, okay. Here's the problem. Okay, all of my problems with with the fight come from the fact that there wasn't that much that was interesting from a, a personal point because the conflict didn't feel genuine. It just felt very weird and artificial and like you know not like it was coming from a real place of disagreement. Um. And, like, because of... I guess so the problem is, yeah, the fight itself was good. Mm-hmm. But because the film wasn't very interesting on a, uh, you know, storytelling level, uh, it made the fight scene kind of boring. But, yeah, I think if, obviously, if the fight scene had occurred exactly as it was, or near enough exactly as it was, but in a film where, you know, you really did... were invested in one side or the other, and you really thought that the conflict mattered... Then it would be uh, very good. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I am. I am a fan of. I, I like the scene where all the, the shot really where Superman he punches Batman and uh, his his shot gets blocked because one of the things that that is the case of Superman is obviously uh, Kryptonite is a bit of a silly thing in that Superman he's all powerful but then you can just beat him with this like rock. Um, having said that, when you do have when you do use Kryptonite, there's only one time. You can use kryptonite whenever you when you make your uh, your Superman film continuity. There's only one time you can use kryptonite and have it be a surprise. You know, any other time, Superman's going to know. But so I thought it was quite a good use of kryptonite. You know, because they could have just had it. So the classic um, Lex Luthor he puts some kryptonite in a, in a lead box. Then Superman opens the lead box, and oh, it's kryptonite. Fool. <laughs> That's bad, but like, so yeah, I like the fact that Superman, he, he didn't really know what the kryptonite was, so his response was genuine, and of course, uh, that was good. Yeah, that was good. That was good. Um, it just takes... Uh, but yeah, I guess the other thing is, sorry, one more thing, uh, I think possibly the fight scene could have been a bit more action-packed, because especially compared to the warehouse fight scene, you know, where Batman's doing all of these crazy things, mm-hmm. um, it was a bit like, you know, I'll punch you, and then you punch me. And I'll punch you, and you'll punch me. There wasn't like much of a. I mean, I'm not asking for Revenge of the Sith um, style, flipping around, swinging on giant ropes, dancing on lava. But uh, I think they probably could have had maybe a bit more actual kung fu martial arts skill, considering that Batman is supposed to be good. Yeah, but he's in a massively um, heavy suit, though. I think that's the problem. Yeah, he should have got uh, Iron Man on <laughs> on to get a nice little. Slender, petite. Suit. Yeah, maybe. Um, here's the thing, though, about the fight. Like, it does. It is two hours in, and you have to sit through, like we said, a very little action, a lot of like congressional hearings, and a lot of talk about journalism, and uh, yes, and all that. We finally get to it, and it's kind of. The thing is, the movie's called Batman v Superman, Michael. It's called Batman v Superman, yes. and literally, like, the fights. The fight doesn't happen. Two characters meet once before, that lasts ten seconds, then they have a fight which lasts, you know, like ten minutes, and then that's it. There's no there's no actual Batman v Superman going on. Really. And that yeah. that's it, that that's how it culminates. And then it's over like that. And uh, obviously now I think we need to talk about why it's over. Uh, the, uh, the the whole Martha oh. thing. 
Yes. Um, actually, I do have one more thing to say, sorry, but about the action right. scene. Uh, Batman looks really unreasonable, and it kind of just makes me laugh, because Superman shows up, he's like, I don't want to fight you, I just, you know, want my mum not to die. I mean, he doesn't actually get to say it, but it's like, you know, I need to explain stuff, and Batman is just like, no, screw you. Uh, and it just made him look like, like, especially when you know the context, you're just like, wow, Batman, chill. <laughs> Take a chill Take pill. A chill pill. Uh, I, yeah, I just want to say that. Um, but, uh, apart from that, um, Martha, Michael. Yeah, Martha. Um, I need to get onto Martha. It's, the thing is, okay, seeing as there was never really any real conflict between them in the first place, and it was all pretty stupid, uh, it actually makes perfect sense that the reason why they stop fighting uh, is completely stupid. So, well done, completely consistent. <laughs> yeah, but, okay, so, obviously we can't really add anything about Martha, you know, there's been a lot of jokes yeah. about it, and just, like, analysing how ridiculous it is. Uh, I What just gets me is he hates Superman so, so much, like, before he, the last thing he says to him is he's not even a man. And then, yeah. like, he really despises Superman, and he really thinks Superman is a threat to the whole world. And he's just like, oh, you've got the same name as my mom. Your mom yeah. Oh, what a coincidence. Okay, I'm not going to kill you now. It's just... It's, it's just like, man, okay, like, if you wanted that to work, just don't make him hate Superman so much. Like, don't make him be so yeah. ideologically just... Anti anti Superman, I guess. Like just an absolute hardcore hating Superman uh, character, and yeah. you know with that, and then it would have worked better. But yeah, I don't think this could work in any context. Like, is this really the best they could come up with, Martha? Right. Yeah, I think um, I saw a video called, um, and this is something that we may end up talking about at some point. I saw a video about how Batman doesn't kill. And one of the things the video kind of concludes mm-hmm. is it says, like, um, you know, uh, if Batman didn't kill people, but he was willing to kill Superman, however, when Superman says, you know, save Martha, uh, it, it reminds Superman of how much he misses his, his mother. And because obviously, I think the general reason why Superman, oh, sorry, Batman, oh, I'm completely a disaster. The main reason Batman doesn't kill people is because... He is his entire life is defined by the scar of having lost his parents. So, because death caused him so much misery, he doesn't kill people. And therefore, when Superman uh, mentions, you know, his deep personal relationship with with his mum, it, it just uh, triggers in him his his love for humanity and his hatred of killing people. The problem is, of course, that in this film, Superman does kill people, so it doesn't work as well. But I think you even mean then, Batman kills people. It, I'm such a disaster. Yeah, even then, uh, it still didn't yeah. work. So, <sighs> so uh, okay, so that's that. Yeah, could be better. Let's just say. Um, the next up, we got the Batman fight scene in the warehouse and uh, against uh, the henchmen of Lex Luthor, which I think was really enjoyable. You know, I thought, yeah, this is really good. I don't think it's as good as some people say because, like, there are yeah. there's quite a few cuts in it, and it's like, oh, this is just this is worth the price of admission alone to get to see this scene with Batman just destroying people and it's like yeah it's good maybe it's better than just good but it's not amazing I mean that's just what I thought but yeah it's nice yeah I agree I mean it's it's fine uh, I'd say it's better than fine I can't yeah it's fine yeah I mean, it's, it's better than fine um, it's, it's it's better than awful too <laughs> um, no, uh, no, no argument there yeah uh, it, it is yeah it's good um, mm-hmm. 
I again, it, you have all the problem that Batman's killing people. I felt that's kind of an inescapable thing that oh. always comes back to. Having said all of that, um, it's it does work well enough. Yeah, yeah. and it's uh, like an asshole, really, at the end of the day. And yeah, but, yeah, I'm not going to criticize that. So well done. And they have a jokey moment though at the end of the at the end of that fight scene where he saves Martha, Superman's mom. And uh, he says, I'm a friend of your son's. And uh, she goes, yeah, I, I thought so, the cape, right? <laughs> when she's yeah. she was just literally saved from dying and probably had an incredibly harrowing experience. And she's... It's beautiful. Yeah, she... Like, there's the one moment in the movie... Oh, it's not the one moment, but it's one of the moments in the movie where it's like, okay, yeah, this is not really a jokey kind of moment because of what she's been through. It's like, um, can you not? But yeah, but that's where the joke is, which is great, which is wonderful. I love that. That's the joke. But, yeah, I'm a friend of your son's. That kind of thing is like, yeah, I was missing in this movie, man. There was another, well, there was another line actually that I think Batman, yeah, he said it in the final scene when uh, the Doomsday fight, which we're going to get onto next, where he says, "Oh, I, I was busy or something." I thought she was. Oh, I was thinking of it. She with you? I thought she yeah, was with you. That was that again. Yeah, I thought she was with you. That was kind of like one-liners which we're really missing in this movie because of all the politics and journalism. Um, yeah, yeah, so, like, firstly, okay, the Doomsday fight, we've got to get onto that, right? So, yeah. um, too much. <laughs> the, uh, the like, cherry on top of the shit cake, I don't know, like, uh, it was, it was awful, Michael. So, firstly, Doomsday looks stupid. Like, he just looks ridiculous. I, I don't know what he looks yeah. like in the comments, but in this, he just looks like, he just looks so ugly. And. <laughs> <laughs> Stop! Stop doomsday shaming. <laughs> he just looks so just like ugh. I like, ugh. Um, secondly, yeah. he's like he's an add-on to a movie, which do- it doesn't seem like it should happen. Considering all of the characters that are in it, all of the plot lines, all the stories, and they just evaporate, yes. and then it, suddenly it's like just a stereotypical superheroes versus the main monster final battle at the end of the film. You know, against the big boss. And, uh, yeah, it was just like, just like tacked on. Okay, now we, we've had all this, this stuff with the plot and it's been very complicated, but we're just gonna throw all that in the bin and we're just gonna have you fight this doomsday character for the last 20 minutes. Sit back and enjoy everybody. It's so, I mean, here's the thing, okay, so the, the death of Superman story arc is, uh, based but it is actually a, a story arc, and it is the one that has Doomsday in it. So Doomsday kills um, Superman, mm-hmm. and that's a people are talking right outside my. my I can't room. hear. This. It's really, so you'll be okay. it's really gr- grinding my. Okay, anyway. Um, so yeah, uh, <laughs> continue. <laughs> Superman gets killed by by Doomsday in that story, mm-hmm. and of course, it's you know something that if you're making a an expanded universe, you might want that story, but like. You know, have they got so many great ideas, the people at DC, that they're like, oh, you know, we can't afford to have a whole film dedicated to Doomsday and Superman and him dying. You know, we've got to, um, got to have it, um, <laughs> in, at the end of this film. And it's just like, it's like so much. Basically, you think about it, what we've got here is we have our film that introduces Batman, our film that is, you know, Batman and Superman fighting each other. And, Superman dying, and our film that introduces Lex Luthor, and all of this, the film that establishes the Justice League, basically. Mm-hmm. All of this going on, it's just like, calm down. 
DC. Calm down. Um, calm down, Zack Snyder. I don't know who it was, but yeah, just calm down. Yeah. And by the way, like uh, in the final fight, yeah. I just want to say, Lola Anderson Cooper saying, the work day is over. And also, somebody shouting, oh, yeah. the island is un- the, uninhabited. Yes, there are several lines establishing, um, establishing that things are empty. And there's a line where Superman's like, I want to get Doomsday to chase me back to Gotham. No, well, that, that was... Uh, but then, of course, after that... Oh, oh yeah, sorry, Batman, he says that, yeah. I want to get the thing to chase me back to Gotham. Uh, and it's like, okay, uh, but, you know, that seems unnecessary. And then, obviously, they say, like, oh, no, but don't worry, Gotham will we're taken to the dockyard, which is Yeah, empty. but the port is abandoned. Um, That's what Batman says. Yeah, the port is abandoned. Like, there's so much effort. And it's just think, like, it's just so... Like, it's kind of weird, because other superhero films don't need to do yeah. this. Like, you don't need a scene in a... In uh, Spider-Man, and the thing is, here's here's the problem. Like, okay, and this is, I mean, this is going to be the most hardcore takedown of this entire concept because one of the things that makes most superhero films good is the fact that the general public are at risk because, um, you know, superheroes by and large are pretty impervious to harm, both physically and narratively. Mm-hmm. You know, physically, it's pretty hard to kill Superman narratively they're not going to kill Superman. So your main investment comes from, you know, them saving the day. And that involves people being at risk of, of being mm-hmm. harmed. If there's nobody there who's at risk of being harmed, then it's just a bunch of massive superheroes smashing them the, the into things. But of course, the problem is that the superheroes actually have to be superheroes. The concern is that, you know, in Spider-Man, they don't need to pretend that there are no people around because Spider-Man is actively saving people, you know, in that, that, famous uh, tram scene where yeah. uh, Dr. Octopus is frying people off the tram, people are in danger, Spider-Man is going out of his way to save them. The problem is that basically it's like DC doesn't trust their superheroes to be heroes. Yeah. They're like, uh, well, you know, we can't we can't have this happen in a place where there's loads of people, otherwise the superheroes would just murder them. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they wouldn't pay... We know Zack Snyder doesn't actually care about the average person. Yeah, exactly. So... I, yeah. So yeah, he doesn't really. Yeah, he said. Uh, what was? Oh, he said like Batman could be raped in one of his movies. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. So this is the guy you were dealing with. I don't think he's going to care if some innocent person is blowing up, uh, flying out of a of a window. Yeah. Like he's just going to care about the badass action scene going on. Yeah. Um. So basically, uh, hmm. And anyway, yeah. uh, oh, one. I just I just love the line. The work day is over. Yes. Just like as if anybody would say that. Yeah, I don't get it. Like, and also the thing is, like, he says like downtown is empty because the workday is over. I'm thinking, is that how any downtown anywhere works? Like, I don't. Think I can't so. think of any like downtown where it's like just empty. Especially not Metropolis. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't know, crazy, whatever. Maybe they have a curfew. Um, I wouldn't blame <laughs> them. Uh, but yeah, the final thing. I actually first time I watched Wonder this... Woman, though, Michael. Oh yeah, Wonder Woman. Yeah, sorry, you're right. Yeah, she she magically shows up as well because she needs to be like an Avengers movie or the Justice League movie. They need that to be there. Yeah. Um, yeah, she's there. Exactly. Uh, she's Who's there. she with, though? That's the question. Uh, so I thought she was with you. <laughs> is that the first time Superman sees Wonder Woman? Um, I think it is. Yeah. Like, he, is he just like, whoa, who's, who's this? Like, Yes. Okay, is she on our side? I have no idea who she is. Like, at least Batman's met her before, like, a few times. Yeah. She, he must be so surprised. Like, he, he doesn't even ask about her. Just yeah. fights. Just like, oh, because, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Let's. Oh, there's just a woman who appears to be as powerful as I am. Yeah, let's just. Let's go. Yeah. I'm not even going to bother inquiring about it. Just, just uh, accepts okay. it. Just goes with the flow yeah. that Batman does. 
No, Superman, Michael. Superman, why am I? Superman. I don't know, I'll tell you what, I'm going to be glad when all these superhero films right, but something about just these men, get them all confused. Anyway. Um, sexist. Yes, exactly, that's true, yeah. Well, actually, if anything, it's the opposite to sexist, because I don't get women confused. No. Uh, I've never, there aren't any, you know. I mean, I never, I'm not going to get Wonder Woman and that other famous uh, female DC comic books uh, superheroine confused. Supergirl. Yeah, Supergirl. We love Supergirl. Yeah. Yeah, go on. Uh, what were you, oh, yeah, what was yeah, the one, one thing. Uh, it's not much of a point, to be honest, but basically the first time I watched this film, uh, I got so bored of the mindless action at the end that I paused the film and then I just went about the rest of my day. And it was like <laughs> nighttime, like, you know, probably just about when I should have been going to bed. And I thought I was, you know, shutting down everything. And I was like, oh, wait, I've still got, I've still got half an hour of this film left. <laughs> So I had literally just forgotten about it. I was like, oh, wait, I forgot to finish the film. So there we go. That's my review of the film. Yeah. I, I cared so little. I paused it and just thought, I don't need to finish this. And I honestly don't think I would have if um, if I, yeah, if I didn't have yeah. to. So. Well, I, I said last week that I stopped watching this movie, this fight scene, because, I don't know, it was just so hard for me to watch. Maybe yeah. it was a combination of boredom, just disillusionment with the movie that had gone beforehand and how that the movie that had gone beforehand, even though it was bad, was no way connected to what I was seeing on the screen right now and how, yeah, I was just, I just gave up on it and I just, I literally just clicked off the video, stopped watching. I didn't even watch the end of the movie. So at least you went back and saw the yes, final 30 minutes. Yeah. The first time I watched it, I just like, nah, I'm just going to finish it. I just don't care. Um, so yeah, that's how I felt about it. And also, um, one more thing actually, when Superman sacrifices himself, like, which, which I'm fine with, by the way. Mm. Like, I would like it if they could have talked it over a bit, because, you know, Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman could have done it. Yeah. There's no reason why she couldn't have, like, but maybe she would like, no, I have to lasso him, I have to hold him in place, and Batman's like, well, I can't fly, you, you're gonna have to do it, Superman. And he's like, yes, I'll do it, I'll sacrifice myself. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? It's just like, it was, it seems like he just does it, and it's like, oh, maybe you could have consulted a bit, maybe got Wonder Woman to do it, and maybe they could have planned, because they do, they do work together as a team to, to, uh, defeat him. Uh, Doomsday, but they don't like planet. Yeah, which I don't think is as good as if they talked it over. There's there's also a major problem with uh, Superman sacrificing himself, which is that the next film, uh, he's back. Yeah, the next film is called <laughs> The Justice League, and it's like okay, so the next film's called The Justice League. It's not going to be The Justice League without Superman, so we know that Superman's going to be showing up. So great, 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 wonderful. Uh, so yeah, I think that's basically it Michael oh I just uh, I, I, what do you want to talk about now the characters I believe uh, yeah okay so I mean it's kind of you want to talk about Batman basically yes because you've been you've been obsessed with him so go on talk about Batman yeah let's talk about Batman no, no, no. okay so I mean to be honest there's not much to say basically he just is a murderer um, and uh, so well first of all Superman kills people and he kills people just like he doesn't even care like he kills the kind of african terrorist um and he didn't need to kill him he could have you know used his superman powers because the thing is superman has less of an excuse to kill people especially like just regular people because um you know he can move faster than a speeding bullet he could just he could have just slapped the gun out of the guy's hand mm -hmm. in a blink of an eye but instead he smashes him through a wall so superman yeah. is uh, just kills people when he doesn't need to um mm -hmm. And I'll say this, okay. 
I don't like Batman killing people. Something I hate more than Batman killing people is Batman killing people, but technically not killing them. And that was something that really annoyed me about the Bat brand. Uh, like the idea that he's branding criminals so other people kill them for him. Uh, just seems like, I don't know, can't even own it. Um, <laughs> he's too cowardly yeah. to do it himself. Like, I'm... I'm ne- I've never really been a fan uh, of the line at the end of Batman Begins, where Batman kills Liam Neeson by saying, like, just because I'm not going to kill you doesn't mean I have to save you. Um, and, uh, you mean at the end, yeah. Yeah, at the end. Um, yeah. And it's just like, yeah, but you kind of do, because, you know, that's sort of like, I mean, you're still kind of murdering someone. Like, I'd like to imagine him saying the same thing, like, over a child who's, like, drowning in a pond. And he's just like, <laughs> just because I'm not going to kill you doesn't mean I have to save you. So, yeah, he's still a dickhead, Batman. Um, yeah, I mean, you don't need to, but, you know, it'd be nice yeah. if you did. So, like, I don't you don't know. need to do anything. I, I like the idea of, I mean, like I say, it's the most interesting thing about Batman is that, like, you know, uh, especially when it comes to the Joker, can the Joker be redeemed, uh, or should Batman just kill him? These are questions that we should be asking. Um, but, of course, we don't really ask those questions because... Um, we don't live in that universe. Yeah. Yeah, it's probably... But uh, apart from that, yeah, we don't ask those questions because Batman does kill people. So it's just you know, like basically that's how you solve all the problems. Pretty easy to solve all the Batman's problems. Just murder everyone. Great. Um, and yeah, so. that's the problem. It makes Batman less interesting because I mean he's just Captain America now at this point, isn't he? You know, he just kill kill people. He's basically just a guy who's super good at killing people um, and not good. Okay, so he's less interesting then, but. You know, th- this is the thing with Zack Snyder. You knew you were going to get it. Yeah. And you said Batman could get raped. <laughs> it's just like, if that happened... Yes. I would just... Oh, I'd, I'd love it so wow. much, man. Well, like, you'd love it. That sounds pretty dark. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I, I would love it because I'd get a sexual thrill out of it, not because yeah. it'd be hilarious. To oh, that's good. That's fine. As long as yeah. it's for that reason. Yeah, don't um, worry about it. Yeah. Um. So anyway... I think, I mean, I didn't really care about any of the other characters, Michael. No, yeah, yeah I, I, didn't, I didn't care. No, no other characters, yeah. that's fine. Okay, uh, let me just, actually, I'll just check that I didn't, I did everything I wanted to say about Lex Luthor. Uh, I just want to say Jesse Eisenberg is really annoying, and I hate him. Um, <laughs> we, don't, we didn't actually cover this yet. So Jesse Eisenberg, he has a, he has a really, oh, I, I looked at this Wikipedia quote that he had. He's a twat. He, he is. He has, he's, I don't know, like, everything about him just seems, like, so dislikable. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so here he goes. Eisenberg describes his role, sorry, described his role as Lex Luthor as his most advantageous role yet, saying, "In a lot of ways, Luthor is more of a stretch than any character you would do in an independent movie, which is normally the place you stretch. So in that way, it was not at all compromised. If anything, it was the best, most advantageous role I've ever been given. The opportunity to do an interesting character on a movie of that scale is incredibly rare. Uh, so." I just thought that was interesting because it was like, he was like, oh, fuck, you're actually going to let me do this? Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> like, that's his attitude. <laughs> it's like, no, even if I was on, on an independent movie, like yeah. some weird director, they wouldn't let me do this. Wow, this is a... Are you sure, Mr. Snyder? Okay. Yeah. Wow. I've really hit the jackpot here, haven't I? I can be as weird as I like. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah that's an interesting line. But yeah, basically, I mean, Jesse Eisenberg... Um, He's, he was good in The Social Network. And, and he just plays like a psychopathic version of Mark Zuckerberg in this. Yeah, exactly. Um, the thing that always gets me is he was in this film, speaking of independent films, it was in a film called The Double. Uh, and it's honestly just like 
it's not a good film, mostly because it's exactly like Fight Club. Uh, basically, there's this guy, and he's down on his luck, and he's, like, really awkward. And then he meets this other guy who's really cool, but kind of weirdly psychopathic. Um, but the thing is, like, obviously the other guy, the guy who's supposed to be really cool but psychopathic, is played by Jesse Eisenberg, and he's supposed to kind of be, like, an alpha. And there's a bit where he, like, orders scrambled eggs at a cafe, and the cafe person's like, uh, we, the waitress is like, oh, we don't have scrambled eggs here. And he's like, do you have eggs? Do you have a saucepan? Then get me scrambled eggs. And it's just like, what is happening? And that's all I could think of because that was the thing I was looking I forward to. Before, by the way. Yeah, that was the thing I was looking forward to least about this film. Uh, just the idea of Jesse Eisenberg. So all I was thinking of in my head was that scene. I was thinking, it's going to be like that. And it kind of is. Like, I mean, it, 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 did, it made me cringe. Uh, at one point, I did actually cringe. I can't remember what it was, but it was when he was going off on one of his one of his little um, spiels about blah 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 blah. And I don't hate Jesse Eisenberg as a person, to be honest, um, as as much as it might sound like I do. But uh, it just it just doesn't work at all because, I mean, maybe he'd even no, he wouldn't. Maybe he'd play a good Riddler, you know, the good old because I think he's kind of he's, he's a bit like a, a budget a budget Joker, a he discount just needs Joker. To play, he just needs to play like a douche. Like, just a thoroughly unlikable yeah. yes. prick. He's so like, good at being unlikable. Yeah, I like... Zuck- that's Zuckerberg. Yeah. Just incredibly unlikable. That's just what he needs to do. Just find someone like that who just everybody hates because he's a prick. And there you go. Like, he's your guy. Yeah. I just want to give you one more quote from Heisenberg. Okay. Like, I just I just find this quite funny. So, he's saying... Uh, he describes a theme in the film, saying it raises the question of how one man can have so much power... These are the kind of things that we talk about uh, with authoritarian states. They're addressing geopolitics in this movie, and not in a way that's pretentious or esoteric. <laughs> it's just great. Like it's I always, I always like the term. Esoteric. Yeah, I always like the term esoteric because it's like it's it's uh, it is what it is like. The term esoteric is itself esoteric. Uh, yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> so it's, it's, like, just, yeah, it's just it's, it's like if there was a really complicated word for pretentious. Um, yeah, I can't. Like, yeah, if you are pretentious, you don't say the word pretentious. Well, he does, but he says the word esoteric as well. Yes, it's just, it's just genius. Like Jesse Eisenberg. <sighs> yeah, I think he got a lot of backlash for this, which is helpful because I think it'll discourage him doing something like this again. Yeah, it would discourage him from acting in films again. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So I think he I should think... do voice work in animation. I don't know why. I just feel like it would make sense. Yeah, that can be his that. job. I can see that. Because um, he's got a very annoying face as well. Yeah, I think that's the problem. Yeah, I don't want to see his face. His horrible, disgusting Jesse Eisenberg face. <laughs> he's just very annoying. Um, so yeah, just before we end, Michael, I just mm. want to talk about the fact that uh, DC fans weren't very happy with how the critics reacted to this movie. They sent death threats to uh, to critics uh, over them rating the movie negatively. Yeah, naturally. And, uh, yeah, na- naturally. And uh, yeah, um, did, I, was this the movie that they tried to shut down Rotten Tomatoes? I think that or, was. Or I was think. I think. Uh, no, I think it was Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad was the Suicide last straw for them. I think really? so because I think it was like the the fact that um, Batman v Superman and Suicide Squad both got such negative reviews in such quick succession pushed them over the edge. But I think by the time I think the other thing with Justice League is I don't think DC fans were as upset over that because they kind of at that point because here's the thing. Okay, a lot of DC fans. We're saying release the Snyder Cut uh, for, for Justice League. Oh, we'll get on to that next week. Michael. Yeah, yeah. So basically, yeah. what I'm saying is that a lot of DC fans, I think, believe in their heart of hearts that Justice League was bad, but the only reason it was bad is because uh, their own personal Superman, Zack Snyder, 
was not allowed to uh, have Superman be raped in it. <laughs> oh god, uh, yeah, um, yeah. Th- thanks for point saying that, Michael. That was like, really out of the blue. Um, so basically, I-, I think with this movie in regards to its critics, it's like they just so wanted to like it. They just so want. They were like, "Oh, look at how smart this movie is, and look at how how smart I am for enjoying this movie." Like, that's what DC fans were like. It's because it's and, dark, Luke, which means it's yeah, intelligent. It's dark. It talks. It's got politics in, like there's congressional hearing. You don't see that in fucking Avengers movies, do you? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, no. Yeah, you don't exactly. So yeah, and then when the critics came out and said, "Now nah, this is just shit, mate. This is just like a load of nonsense." Like uh, Fox and um, uh, intelligence, like the Jesse Eisenberg, like his character just comes out with this, the most inane bullshit. And I said before about that guy. He said every act is a political act. It's like who even talks like that? Like what does that what does that even mean, Michael? I don't know. It but means, yeah, just uh, this movie. Every this movie act was, is a political act. That's what it means, Luke. Yeah, this this movie is a movie. I think for people who are dumb, who who want to feel smart. Yeah, I I think that and who, who are, of course like Batman and Superman as comic book characters. I think yeah, I think that sums it up because like I, it was just a joke. What they said like. Oh, you need to be smart to get this movie. It's just like, nah. Uh, I, I, I don't think that's the case. And I think you'd probably agree as well, Michael. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's kind of like there are people who unironically say that the sequels, uh, were actually, people didn't understand how intelligent they were because people don't like politics. Um, and that pretty much tells us everything we need to say. Um, yeah. yeah. Politics themselves aren't inherently intelligent. Uh, case in point. Donald Trump. So, yeah, I guess so. Uh, but yeah, apart from that, uh, this has been a relatively long one, which we knew it would be. But, uh, anyway, yeah, are you ready to wrap up? Yes, I am ready to wrap up, Michael. So, <clears throat> Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice. Uh, I think this movie was very um, uh, ambitious, but at the same time, you know, you have to say, okay, I, I, I kind of applaud you for being ambitious, but just know what you're getting into. Like, this movie is just so draining. Like, I think that's the word I'd use to describe it, because it's so long and it's it's not very fun, and it just takes so much out of you, and just the fight scenes just come at the end, like, so quickly. And, and like, they're not... One with Doomsday isn't even that good, so at the end of the movie, you're just like, oh, Jesus Christ, is it finally done? Thank God for that. And there's just so much going on, and I think there's just... It's very similar in that respect to Watchmen, which, yeah. of course, is another Zack Snyder-directed movie. But the difference between those two movies is, in this movie, it didn't need to happen this way. It didn't need to be like Watchmen. I mean, Watchmen is a comic book, obviously, and Zack Snyder is like, he wants to be faithful, he wants to fit everything in, which, you know, I can respect. Uh, that's why the movie is three hours long. But in this one, it doesn't need to be three hours long, but this was a story they created themselves. It's yeah. not based off of any particular comic book. Of course, it took elements from different comic books, but there's no need to have it three hours long I mean think of all the stuff they put in like they introduced Lex Luthor they introduced Wonder Woman they introduced The Flash they have fucking Batman v Superman um, they introduced Doomsday like there's just there's just so much happening and it's like they they've blown through like so many movies with this it just feels like they were so desperate to catch up to Marvel that they're like right, we'll put everything in like we need to get our universe going as quickly as possible we need to just trying to fit everything in as possible uh, as as much as possible so we can get up to the level of Marvel like they tried to take a shortcut 
and I think it it really showed. Uh, the extended cut, uh, I think, is it's better than the original. Uh, made it seem more planned out, made it uh, made sense more, which of course is is a good thing. And I don't doubt that the original, like if you and I had watched that, that would have been so much worse. We would yeah. have been like just absolutely uh, eviscerating it. But because that added context, some things made sense. Like I don't think you had that Superman like going to Gotham and investigating um, the uh, the woman who lived in the building and uh, the uh, the wife of the guy who got killed in jail in the original, for example. And yeah. that does add context and that does make it helpful uh, to understand what's going on. But yeah, I still, again, I can't say I enjoyed it. Like I said before, just very draining. And so I think I'm going to have to give this, Michael. Uh, I'll give it for... What did I give Man of Steel? I think I gave Man of Steel a 4. I'll give it a 4.5, because I think it's slightly better than Man of Steel. Oh, see, that's interesting, because I think that this was... I think it was slightly worse, yeah. Mm. Um, I think based on all of my uh, assessments that uh, well you uh, obviously we've this is a bit of a long one and uh, you've said a lot of what needs to be said so I think I'll just say say that most of what you said applied to me um, again yeah this film it feels just so it's so stupidly um, impatient and that's the thing that I just felt during this film like you know you could easily have just just slow it down because the thing is okay you've got to realize nobody gives a shit about Aquaman or Cyborg <laughs> or The Flash. You know, there's only two things that DC has going for them, and that's that they've got Superman and they've got Batman. And you can do loads of that. You can have, you know, uh, Batman, he's he's broken. He he needs to, you know, he, he, he does all of this horrible stuff um, because he's broken. You can have Batman fighting Superman. You can have Superman dying. You can have Lex Luthor's uh, Machiavellian schemes. And... You know, people will go to see those films quite frequently, especially if they're not like three hours long. So, you know, it doesn't demand that much of them. Mm. Two hours, maybe two and a half if it's really important. Uh, you can do all of that. But here's the thing, like, at the end of the day, not only are these films not that good because they just feel overstuffed, but what are they going to do after this? I mean, you know, they've already just going to have the Joker come back a billion times. <laughs> anyway, so that's, that's pretty much all I have to say. Um, I've struggled... A bit with where to put this. Um, I think, all things considered, I'm going to put it just below the Last Jedi. Um, I think it has similar problems to the Last Jedi in terms of like the uh, plot seeming a bit all over the place. Um, having said that, I think it's slightly worse in that the Last Jedi is ever so slightly more coherent and ever so slightly more uh, interesting. Um, Again, I mean, the thing is, there's like a whole load of films I can imagine it being put around, which have... If it actually, you know what, Luke, I'm going to change everything. I'm going to put it just a bit lower and put it below Jurassic World, but above Daddy's Home too. Uh, so there we go. Uh, so yeah, still below The Last Jedi, but below Jurassic World as well. Yeah. Um, because I know Jurassic World brought some good stuff to the table as well, which is something I never thought yeah. I'd say, but there we go. Um, but yeah, <laughs> still still not, not as bad as Daddy's Home 2, although I will say Daddy's Home 2 was more coherent, but only slightly, <laughs> so... Yeah. Anyway, yeah, so there we go. Man, uh, Batman Dawn of Justice. Batman vs. Superman of Justice. Right there. Um, yeah, I just, I just want to say, I, I'm not sure if, if it wasn't coherent, this movie. I think it was coherent, because I could just, I could follow what was going on. It was just so much that was Yeah, going I guess, yeah, it was overstuffed. So I don't know if that makes it incoherent. But like, yeah, yeah, I get you, yeah. yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know what the term would be, but uh, I guess verbose. Verbose. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. I, I guess I guess the real term be <clears throat> esoteric. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, yeah. So there you go, Batman v Superman. Uh, it was. I remember there was a lot of talk about this movie when it came out. Like, was it good? Was it bad? And it's just like no. This, especially the original version. Like, I I, I imagine like I'd give. I, obviously, I give this for. 4.5, I'd probably give the original like 3.5 at the most. Yes, yeah. I, I remember how that actually incoherent that was. So yeah, just really bad. And it is a movie that I don't think. Here's the thing: it's like it's one of those movies which just sticks in your mind because it's it yeah. had so much talk about it. And so, and it came out in a at a time in 2016. Well, there's just so much obviously political stuff was going on, and this movie was just again like as we've talked about incredibly political. So, I don't, yeah, it's something that will always stick with me, unlike the movie that's coming up next, which is uh, Justice League. Yep. Uh, which uh, we'll, we'll be doing next week. So, we're yeah, looking forward to that. Uh, something to look forward to there. So, uh, yeah, that's it then, I guess. Who have you been, Michael? I've been Michael. And I've been Luke, and thank you for joining us. We've been selecting and reflecting on Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice because of DC Ember uh, and Aquaman. And join us next week for the equally engrossing Justice League. Uh, yeah, should be fun. Goodbye. Yeah, goodbye.